up, uh, red cup, uh, red cup, hey, you know, you know I got that red cup, hey, red cup, hey, red cup, hey, you know. What's good, world? It's your boy Izzy T. You are listening to Red Cup TV's Talk To Him podcast, and I am with my host, Trilly Real, up in the building. Yo, how was your week? I'm weak, man. My week, man, straight. Um, week, man, consistent of being um, in Thompson for the most part. And yeah, yeah. watching the NBA playoffs and preparing myself for the NBA draft. So, yeah, that's what my week has been consistent of. I'm out of school, but yet I still do homework. And ain't wrong with that, man. You got to keep your mind focused. Stay stimulated. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's pretty much yep. what I've been doing. Uh, as we're speaking right now, I got a little, little scam report playing in the background, and they got the mock draft in front of me, reading up on players. Okay, okay. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna ask you a couple questions in a second. Let me let me get to the to the listeners and the followers out there in Red Cup TV land. Hey, yo. Um, so what we do for those who are just listening for this week, we always check on each other, man. We always use this time on this podcast to you know see how you've been, where your mental at, what your focus is. Every week we do that every week mm-hmm. because you know what? You never know. Like, hey, we might be on social media smiling and ah, yeah. You feel me? But yeah. the thing about this social media is for the highlights of your life, not necessarily the dark parts. So you might see us and, you know, forget that we are regular people. However, Kamala, we are regular people. We have emotions. We're not robots. Now, um, who are your top prospects for this NFL draft? NBA draft. I mean, NBA draft. draft. Hey, bro, I'm a little blizzed. I ain't going to lie to you. I'm, but I'm, I'm going to be focused. My top prospects, I'm not going to say the, the main three. Everybody, if you don't know the main three, the main three is Jabari Smith Jr., Chet Holmgren and Paulo Benchero. Um, out of all those three, I do like Paulo the most. But my yeah, favorite, yeah. my favorite prospects are guys that's gonna be like late lottery picks, maybe late um, first round picks as well. Um, mm-hmm. The first one is Johnny Davis out of Wisconsin. He's a six five, um, six five guard, um, a young mid range killer. Um, just um, if he can, he's a good defensive too. He has a good motor. What I mean by motor is like. He hustles. He's always playing aggressive. Like, he's always up. Like, he's a Jimmy Butler motor type guy. Like, if you know how yeah, Jimmy oh, Butler yeah. is, like, Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler doesn't give up. And he's going to give his best every night. And that's what Johnny Davis says. And he plays good on defense as well. Um, a guy that I just seen a few days ago that I didn't know nothing. Me, um, well, before I get in, I'm going to talk about Jeremy Sohan. So, Jeremy Sohan is a – is a freshman coming from Baylor, 6'9", small forward, can play power forward or the small forward, 6'9", 230. This is a guy that can that can probably play – they can probably play defense against one through five because he can play good perimeter defense. He is – he's lacking in post defense, but with it being 6'9", 230, I think once he fills out into his grown man body because he is 19, 18, I do yeah, think he's he'll still be – Yeah, he's small. I do think he will be – um. Be able to guard one through five. Um, where's my where's my guy? Where's my guy? Usman yeah. D. That's it right here. Usman D. This is a guy I just Ooh. is this him? Is this him or this not him? I don't think that's him. Where's my guy at, bro? My, another guy is um Nikola Jokic. Jokic. I mean, um, he is a six ten, power four, small four, who can handle the ball like a guard who can get his own shot like a guard as well. Only thing is very thin frame. 
You know what I'm saying? He's very, he's very skinny. Coming to the NBA, that could be a problem. That's the same thing I have with um, Chet Holmgren as well. A very thin frame, but Chet, he kind of he kind of defeats that because he's an amazing shot blocker. So if he can fill out that frame and continue to be an amazing shot blocker, I think Chet's going to be good. But I'm trying to find my guy, man, but I can't find you know, him. No, now that you think about that, just to – I want to – so think you ever thought about the fact that you know the ones who didn't fill out as much, they're more mm-hmm. athletic than the more you know bigger body, power forwards. You know what I'm saying? I think about that a lot. Like they're more they're more so the shooters, they can get your rebound. But the thing about it is you don't want to put them in the paint too much because they do get bodied. Yeah, for sure. Um, a lot of them, a lot of guys coming to the league thin frame. Um, Kevin Durant is probably the main one because he's still a thin frame, but he's yeah. been able to hell open his league because he's a Great score. Um, uh, Giannis, for those who don't know, Giannis came in very skinny. Giannis wasn't what he looked like now. Very skinny, but now, you know, he's worked out that frame. He, now he's bigger. Now he's a dominant player. And the guy that's just in the finals now, um, Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum came in with a thin frame as well. But, you know, this is his first year in the league, and now he's a bigger bigger, bigger player. And, they, and that shows defensively and offensively as well. So a lot of guys, sometimes their frame is just what they're going to be. A lot of guys not gonna fill out to be like Giannis, or fill out to be like LeBron James because they're they're being so tall and so lanky, the weight doesn't really go too much anywhere because they're so tall. So that in genetics, exactly. So I don't know. I don't know if Chet <laughs> will ever will ever be a muscular guy. Like this might just be how Chet is. Like he might get somewhat bigger. I might think he's gonna get crazy, but like if he can at least get like Porzingis. I think that would be good for him. He ain't got to yeah, be, no... be good. That ain't too big, right there. Yeah. That's like, yeah, that, that was a good comparison too. Now let me ask you a question about these here sports one time. Mm-hmm. So you know, I'm looking at you know the Lakers, and you know, in my opinion, I feel like they made the right decision. But on the second hand, I'm like, mm, I don't know yet. Oh. But and it was with the Lakers. The Lakers uh, declined to trade Russell Westbrook for the number for number one draft pick. Um, the reason for that is because not many teams want to take on that contract after the year you have. Um, you know, Russell Russell has a very heavy back end contract, meaning most of his money is on the back end, and so he's owned the back end of his contract. And I'm thinking he's getting between forty five million to fifty million dollars. Now, this is for this is for a guy who didn't have a Russell Westbrook type season that everybody right. know him to have. So a lot of teams are like. It's Russell Westbrook, but then again, it's like we've seen the season you just had, plus you're getting all this money. That's going to hurt our cap space to try to get something else. So, And then if you do send them to a young team like the Orlando Magic or the Detroit Pistons, the Oklahoma City Thunder, where you started at, you now hurt the growth of the young players on those teams because the Magic have Cole Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs, Markel Fultz, if they don't trade him. And Archie Hampton, who are all young guards who are, you know, so they're they're um improving and they're getting better every year. So if you bring in a Russell Westbrook, you now stunt the growth of those players. So that's why a lot of those teams won't go out them because a lot of those teams have cash space because they're full of young players that's on rookie deals. Like all of those teams can go get them, but they're not going to do that because they don't want to stunt the growth of the young players that they have. And then contending teams don't want to do that because he makes so much money that it hurts them from getting somebody else on the team. So I, do so I do understand why teams won't do that and why the Lakers are just saying, you know what, we got to figure out a way 
to where we can get Russell Westbrook to playing at least somewhat like Russell Westbrook and not like the way he played last year. That was a shell of itself. It was. It was. And it's like, I'm not going to be the one to, like, throw the cans and tomatoes at my dog. He, he just had a bad season. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it, that's all it was. He just had a bad season. I believe this next season he's going to come out an animal only because of the pressure of people thinking he's going to come out and be a shell of himself again. I think he's going to come out an animal next season. Yeah, and um, they got a they got a um, new head coach in Darvin Ham, in which I think he might be able to open offense a little bit more for him. And I also think this is going to be good for Anthony Davis as well because this is the same dude with Darvin Ham. He, he's worked with um, – Dang, Dwight Howard, when he with the Lakers earlier, he worked with um, Giannis because uh, he was on the Buck coaching staff, and he worked with Al Horford too. So those are all good, you know, saying good big men. So I think that you know Anthony Davis can learn from Darvin Ham, and maybe Darvin Ham can put Davis in the right situation to make him the best player on the team. Because I think the Lakers go as far as Anthony Davis goes. I don't think that. I don't think the selected team is looking for LeBron and continues to be the best player on the team because he's almost 40. Like, Brown would be 38 this season. Once, like, once the season really gets going, he'll be 38. So, Anthony Davis mm-hmm. has to be the best player on the team, which he should have been last year and the year before that. But, you know, due to injury, so hopefully, you know, he's in the offseason, he's doing something with the body and get some good treatment so he can stay on the floor, at least play 65 games. If he can at least play 65 games, I think that will be good for the Lakers. And if he can – play to the potential that Anthony Davis can play, that would be good for Lakers too. Right on. Okay. Dang, we didn't talk about my week. Hold on, cuz. <laughs> we, we, no, forget me, right? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. All right. Uh, so, man, I tell you what, my week been smooth. You know what I'm saying? My job, don't stress me out. You feel me? They allow me time to make my own business plans and stuff like that. I'm about to go into the second phase of that. I'll tell you what it is later. Um, I've also been working on getting Red Cup TV a uh, channel because, again, Red Cup TV is a TV right here to give you all type of entertainment. And we are looking to open up an entertainment channel for the love, for the lovers, you know, because uh, I think me and all the gladiators is now in that phase of life where we all cuffed up. You know what I'm saying? Really, really in love. Mm-hmm. Team Profit in love. Is he team in love? Right now, we got to go get Lisa, you know, try to get Lisa a date put, you know. We're going to try to set her up, you know. But anyways, yeah, we're opening up another channel for Red Cup TV soon to be announced um, in June. Also, um, I did – we me and, me and Bunny, we did something different this weekend. For those who don't know who Bunny is, Bunny is my wife. That's my love. Love her to death. We'll have a whole podcast with her later on because she needs her episode. Um, <clears throat> we try something different. We, you know, we usually would look at, you know, basketball games, NFL games. I'm like, mm. I got some tickets. We finna go see some NASCAR. Mm. I was like, what? I was like, you know what? I go. I've been, you know, I've been to a NASCAR game or a race before, so it was just from a different perspective. Anyways, um, I was like, yeah, let's go. So, you know, I forget that there's an, that like, just like football and basketball, you see all the tailgaters out there and they're so deeply like submitted into the culture of NASCAR, bro. Like it's crazy. It's really crazy, bro. Like, I don't know. I, 
NASCAR might have better fans than NFL. Like just being just being in the culture is mm-hmm. crazy. Like everybody's brother, and you know, I'd be like, man, it's some white people stuff. But for real, for real, it was like some of the best type of community you've ever felt. Like it, it just felt like I felt American. Damn all that. That's really why I felt the American. Yeah, man, that's that's like um, that's a legit American um sport Experience. sporting event. Yeah, so um. Never been to a NASCAR race. Um, I would like to go to one. You know what I'm saying? You know, what I'm, I'm not going to throw it out the window like I don't. I want to go to actually. I would like to go to every sporting event. Um, you know, NASCAR, soccer, tennis, golf. Um, I've been to a basketball game. I've been to a baseball game. Haven't been to a, a football game yet. So I want yeah, to do that too. So I would like to go to any sporting event just to get the experience because you know I feel like I know the experience of going to a basketball game. Like, I know what that is because I also played it, too. So, I know how that is. You know what I'm saying? I know the, and the experience of a baseball game is way better than watching it on TV. Because sure. watching, I'm trying to get into baseball and learn it. And shout out to my Yankees because we're looking good. We're look, we looking real good right now. But watching baseball on TV versus watching it in person is totally different. The atmosphere in the baseball game the is fantastic. Crazy. It's fantastic. Everybody having a good time. They doing They doing things. Doing when you doing a commercial break, they throwing they throwing shirts, they making you do the wave at the break, and they got you doing a little chop thing. You know what I'm saying? You got, yeah. Get what you, they don't know about that? Get you a ballpark, Frank. I ain't getting one, but go get you one. You know what I'm saying? So, hey man, hey speaking of glitches, man. What's up? It was on Memorial Day weekend. This weekend, I was out with my girl. I was out with some of her friends and the family. And my man's, um, my man had a dry glizzy. He had a what? <laughs> he had two dry glizzies. No, no ketchup, no mustard, <laughs> no relish, nothing. Just glizzy and a bread. <laughs> you just, bro, tell me he put some on it before he beat He didn't put nothing on the glizzy. It was the bun, glizzy, no condiment, nothing. Dry glizzy. He ate, a, he ate not one but two dry glissies, bro. Hey, I might need to watch him. That's a that's a notebook sociopath right there in public. In a, yes, a, a naked hot dog. When I seen the plate, I was like, "Damn, my man ain't." I'm like, "Okay, he, he, might, he might got he might got some ketchup packets in his pocket or something." <laughs> nah, that nigga pick that pick that hot dog up. You picked eight, that, eight a dry glizzy. Oh hell no! Anyway, um, bro, like NASCAR fans make you want to be a part of NASCAR. No, like no lie. Uh, just you know, right when you all first of all, when you pull up, you know you at a NASCAR uh, event because there's so many semis with the trailers and there's balloons, all type of stuff in there. And then of course you got to do the parking. Like you, the parking is usually crazy. You know, twenty bucks the parking parking lot K whatever. Mm-hmm. All we had to do was just walk across the street, and then as soon as you get there, it's festivities galore just on the outside, bro. You would think that you're already a part of the NASCAR uh, event 
bro, we went through so much stuff, taking pictures, Ferris uh, wheel rides, um, vendors, and the NASCAR sponsors, and Chevrolet had all the, the Corvettes and Camaros laid out. You would have thought we was already past the gates to get in the event, bro. Mm -hmm. All of this happened before you even walked past the gate to show somebody your ticket. Mm. So really, sometimes I'd be thinking like these people be geared up right here outside the gates, ready to go. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like they they gear it up and they're gonna probably, you know, watch the NASCAR race at the uh with the R V outside. And a lot of people oh, do yeah, that. They, they do. They mm -hmm. go get geared up, you know, at the at the festivities and stuff, and then, you know, they don't buy no ticket. They just watch it in the R V. That's whatever. Because you're gonna get the same well, no, 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 no. No, you're not getting that same experience in the stadium. You're not gonna get that same experience in the stadium because Joel uh, she was look. We was just sitting there. They had all the cars and stuff lined up. They don't, you know, said <clears throat> the pledge of allegiance, not pledge of allegiance. Uh, Lord have mercy. That's the national anthem. Why I was on the why I said the pledge of allegiance. <laughs> I ain't said that in so long, but they said the national anthem, and then they uh they spoke about the uh, Memorial Day, and you know all of the the fallen soldiers, fallen warriors. Cause I know everybody on soldiers. Some people are airmen, sailors, whatever. So I'm gonna just say fallen warriors. So you know they gave their thanks to those who had fallen fighting for our country. By the way, I hope everybody had a safe Memorial weekend, and y'all are listening to this now. And good health. And uh, being a veteran myself, I definitely want to give thanks to all of those uh, brothers and sisters in arms that have um, you know fallen for the protection of our country for the the right thing. Yeah, Y'all sure, did man. the right thing. Y'all did a good job. Can't wait to join you. Um, not like I'm suicidal or nothing like that, but you know. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so like you know, we watching the veterans. Like you know, they do that. They're doing their walk. Like it was set. It was you know, sailors, marines, soldiers, airmen. Like everybody is just walking. You know, what I'm saying just doing their walk in their uniform. And then right above them, you see all the cars just lined up, nice and pretty. They're not even on the track yet. They're just in their pit. And so, uh, some lady from WWE, I, can, I think it's uh, Stacey Adams. Uh, oh, my God. I butchered her name. That is not her name. Sasha Banks? No, not her. White lady. Uh, I think it's a new character, but she looked pretty strong. She's awesome, for sure. I just did not remember your name, only because I haven't been watching wrestling that much. But anyways, she said, Rancher, start your engines. And it got loud, just like it just got loud. And you would think, like, bro, we, you know, uh, how loud are these cars for us to hear them from right there? Because these aren't normal cars, anyways. Actually, it is, but I'll explain that later. Um, and so we, Joel, me and Joel, we looking at everybody, and they have like these headsets, these earphones on. I'm like, bro, there's no way you need these heavy, industrial size earbuds on your head to block out the sound because yeah it was loud but it wasn't that loud mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden um you know everybody got lined up ready to take off and they're doing like their practice laps and so i told you all i said listen when they come around this track again it's gonna get really really loud and as soon as i said that we see everybody putting on their headsets because i'm like yeah we ain't got ours this going going to hurt a little bit because I forgot about this part. <laughs> so the safety car got out the way and the engines took off. And I mean, it is just pure. I'm like, bro. And I mean, it is at the highest level 
like of just it sounds like somebody got an electric guitar by your head. It sounds like freedom. Mm. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. It really sounds very, very American. Um, I ain't even gonna lie. They started chanting USA, US. I was like, I ain't never chanted this in public for real. USA, US. Like, bro, we already at a United States, um, you know, sport. Like, we had an American sport, but this was just so American to me, dog. Like, it was just, that's the best way I could put it. It was so American. Like, it was people out there freely doing whatever the hell they wanted to do. Like, there was a race car, race car 18, right? And he mm -hmm. was winning the whole race. People do not like this guy. For, for what reason, I don't know. But, I mean, he was whipping they ass the first 20 laps. Just So, when he, yeah, when he wrecked, because I also told you, like, that's inevitable. That's why most people go and, uh, you know, go see watch NASCAR stuff because they do, it's inevitable. They're, you're going, you got cars going 180 miles an hour, dog. Yeah. And then a lot of them might be pushing, you know, 110, 120 in the corners. Bro, <laughs> something going to happen. Them tires go get hot. Tires might pop. You might slip. You never know. Anyways, so, like, the car 18, he uh he eventually lost traction trying to uh you know fight to maintain his first position, bro. It was so many people who stood up and clapped and you know shot on birds once he came back around the track. I was like, this is crazy. This was insane. And then you know you see who the original well who the fans are for the eighteen car dudes just standing up. He shot everybody a bird with a smile. And it was all laughs and giggles, bro. Like, it was cool. It, everything was cool. It was just so American. It was so freeing. But the thing about being at a NASCAR race, too, you have about 10 seconds to say what you're going to say before they come back around that track. Mm -hmm. So uh, if you're trying to have a conversation at a NASCAR race, bro, and you ain't got those headphones in, they got a mic to your mouth, because that was another uh, that, that had, like, the little headset, and there was they had a mic, and so they would share the headsets. It's, Anyways, I don't feel like I don't feel like talking. Anyways, so it's like we was trying to have a conversation, bro, but we had to break it for like five seconds. So we had ten seconds to say what we were gonna say. We had to sit back. I continue talking about what we were talking about and do it again, because bro, they come around that track so fast. That's why they doing like you know two to six hundred laps in a race, bro. Because like fifteen minutes go by, they don't done twenty laps. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But it was just exhilarating, bro. Like it was, it was mad crazy. I, that I was like, yeah, we finna uh, become part of this NASCAR um, culture right here. I like this. This all right, right here. I'm about trying to go to that Target of five hundred. Bro, I'm trying to do all of that. I ain't gonna lie to you. I'm about to go get. I'm thinking about buying a Ram twenty five hundred right now, connecting the RV to the bad boy, and whenever we want to ride somewhere, we just take that 2500 and we roll cuz mm. doing something a little different you know what I mean you, you a little different you dig just, just a little different white folks be doing some hard right stuff man y'all be doing some hard right stuff I, I, I love y'all I can't invite everybody to the cookout but I love y'all so would you go to the Indy 500 yeah for sure Okay. And watch and watch them do all, every every hunt uh, yeah. and watch them do every lap 500, 500 miles. So they doing and this. Ain't, uh, this ain't NASCAR. What is this? Is this NASCAR? What is this? I don't, I don't know. I don't think this NASCAR, bro. 
Nah, this um, what's what's some cars called? What's these cars called, bro? It's a cars or something. It's like a little go kart type looking thing. Oh yeah, that was the uh. Hey, what these is? I know what you're talking about because they got them in Fayetteville, and I've been wanting to go for a while. Mm. Anyways, we, we know what you're talking about because they got that big ass wing in the back, and they be racing in dirt sometimes. Oh, they're called Indy cars. Yeah, yeah, I, I watched that. I'd even want to go to Monster Jam a couple times. I wanted to do that anyway. Yeah, when I was little boy. yeah, Monster Jam. Like it's, a, like it's a definite hit. Man, I actually like watching that on TV. We finna go buy some Grave Digger gear, bro. Like, man, I don't want to show up to that type of event no more without having NASCAR gear on, dog. Like, I am not playing with you. It was just like, it was, we had to go get something to where we blended it. And it was like everything, anyways, like, so, Shorty, my baby bunny, she bought uh, a little flaming hat and she had on this this fly-ass red, uh, you know what I'm saying, red onesie or one piece or whatever. If y'all seen the story, y'all know what I'm talking about. Baby was doing it. Them, them biddies was biddying. You feel me? Like I don't. Yeah. I don't. It's okay. Yeah, I don't yeah, want I don't, to. I don't need. No, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. Time out, bro. I'm not saying looking at like she naked, bro. I'm just saying like they was sitting up nice, bro. Like like a set of mangoes, bro. Just just right mangoes sitting up. You feel me? Yeah. My baby got a nice one. Anyways, she put on a little. The NASCAR shades, because they were cute. And then she paired put it up on. with that that flaming visor, bro. She put them damn hard jeans on. Hey, dead ass. We yeah. both had them on. I mean, they are our senior, our senior RP. Yeah, yeah. Brother man, she put them things on. I said, this is my NASCAR mama right here. Her name Danielle when she put that on. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I had that cap to the back. I don't know how I got a hat on my head, bro, with locks, but I did it. Told you to get your fit. Bro. I don't keep telling you, bro. bro. I can't get no fitted, bro. You know how big that hat going to be, man? Just got to get that. You got to figure out what size hat you wear. Once bro, you I know that, for a fact it's going to be like a – it's like going to be like an eight and a half, bro. Like, who, See, you play? saying that and not knowing eight and a half are big as hell. Like, that's bro. humongous. It is humongous, but here's the funny part about it. I know my head already big. I'm not going to call out my head size, but I know my head big. <laughs> mine, mine is something <laughs> and, and In case y'all want to send me some hats, mine is from that one course, and I take any team, any covers. As long as they're baseball teams. Yeah, seven and one fourth. As long as they're baseball teams, baseball hats, send that my way. And and I'm taking and I'm taking trucker hats too. So if you make clothes and all that, and you got trucker hats. Send that my way too. I don't even feel that bad no more because that's that's my size right there. Yeah, but seven and force. You got hair now, so it might be it might be seven and a half. The hell you say it's gonna be like an eight. Bro, I think my eight, hair eight, is the eight the most. I don't think you wear an eight and a half. Eight and a half is like if you got real deal long long hair. Bro, I don't know, bro. Because like, both. Bug was was um he worked for the hats, but Bug don't have a full head of hair either. Uh, he, has, he got he has... high top locks. Oh okay, okay. He got high top locks. I don't have high top locks. My locks are full, so I have locks sitting on top of locks sitting on top of locks. 
Gotcha, gotcha. I mean, it works out. Shout out to my Log family, man, the Log Nation. Y'all cool. You know, I think it's awesome to have locks. But I knew when I when I began my journey, I was not going to have the high top locks. No shade to y'all folks, but I just don't see people keeping them forever like that. And I want that full look when they when they you know they grow out. Because it, it like it looks stringy to me, in my opinion. It just looks stringy when they get like real long. And Thanks, then kind of you, you don't like John Morant? Man, that's that's his look. Hold on, no, hold up. But Jaws, no, nah. nah, Jaws not like that though either. He got a fade on side. That's all. Yeah, he's got a fade on side. Like I might fade at the most. I might fade the temp, you know, my temples. Other than that, no. But even then, I, I haven't even done that, and I don't want to. John Moran, John Moran, John folks on posters. Oh yeah, though for sure. <laughs> Put them on t-shirts. <laughs> he definitely got boy. I hope, y'all, I hope y'all don't hear that train in back because it is going crazy. Oh, we definitely hit a train. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Please, please bear with me. Bear well, with that's me. how our city make you know make their money, bro. That train track right there, man. Like our, t- our city ain't that big, but you know, look like we kind of big on transportation. <laughs> you sure land though, because they ain't transporting no people on that train. That's all part of it. Oh yeah, yeah, that's that's all product, bro. That's not a uh people transportation mm-hmm. train. Hey, you ever just wonder? No, you know, I don't even want to talk about that. I'm gonna ask you a question, bro. This so, is this is gonna be a, a, a black question. I you know, so for my red cut listeners, I just just take a moment when I ask you this. What if I told you hypothetically the term African American and the black American are made up terms? Yeah, that's that, my brother. All right. I'm going to elaborate further on that. What if I told you that the terms African-American and Black-American were terms to cover up that a vast majority of us or a lot of us didn't come from Africa, but we was indigenous peoples? Mm. Mm. What if I told you that? Matter of fact, don't answer that. What if I told you that hypothetically that most or all Native Americans had a, had a choice to go to Oklahoma or stay where they are and become Negroes. Mm. And those who left, you know, you have the Trail of Tears. And, but, you know, those who made it to Oklahoma and got on their reservation, they were, also, they were then called Native Americans. But those who didn't make that trip they were native. I mean, they became Negroes. What if I told you that? Yeah, that sounds believable. All right. What if I told you? Because you know that I know you know that the original black people, they were Hebrew, right? Mm-hmm. What if I told you that Native Americans spoke different dialects of Hebrew? I can believe that too. It's crazy, ain't it? With me saying this, I mean, with me saying that to say this, um, we all very well may be indigenous people. Oh, oh, one last fact that is very true. This is not hypothetical. 
Um, Christopher Columbus was never lost. He knew where he was going because he had more uh, Indian people on there, like the M. Moore tribe, the Moore tribe. They were traveling with him to tell him where the hell he was at. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I can believe that. I can believe that. That is crazy. So he knew where he was going and then claimed that he fell on planet Rock. Nah, nah, nah. You you didn't you didn't find Plymouth Rock. Well, it's not just what, what's up? The only Christian only Christian real knowledge is Wallace. Shout out to Jay Z. Baby, baby. The only Christian for real knowledge. It's Wallace. No, nah, some other crystals with knowledge. Chris Brown. But, but it, it is a little bar. You know, it's a little flip on words. Because he was talking about Christopher Columbus and he just said that. And yeah, it's fine. I, I got it. You know, I said the goat hold H to the ISO, V to the ISO. Come on, man. Hold. V to the ISO. Hey, speaking of the hip hop world, what do you think about games saying nobody plays Eminem in the club no more? Nobody plays Eminem in the locker rooms. In the locker room, that's false. In the that club, is very false. I'm gonna say club, something. Go ahead. In the club, depending on the club, maybe. Um, the club mm-hmm. about no, but in the locker room for sure, because lose yourself yeah. is a huge, huge sports song. Um, if you look at old highlights, you're gonna hear that song or Hick on the Moon. Man, you know that that uh you still got oh is it to the boost come on to the mm-hmm. Yeah that, mm-hmm. what's what is the name of that song? I don't know, but that song too. But the clubs he's talking about is like when you, you go to the club, right? You yeah. he's talking about our club, you know what I'm saying? The people, the co- the real coach, the culture, our club. We're not playing Eminem. He's not getting an ounce. He's not even getting a second. He ain't in the rotation. I Eminem might get played from being on that Drake song forever. If yes. they play the entire song. That is if they play the entire song. Exactly. But if we're talking that's about clubs in a whole, that's false. Because if you go to their clubs, you're going to hear their music, their type of, of artists. Eminem is their type of artist. So you're going to hear them. Now, unfortunately, you will hear more of us and those clubs too. This is also true. Because we because hip hop is the biggest genre in music. Even if they want to hear yeah. it or not. Hip hop is played all over the world. If you can go anywhere in the world and you ask them about a hip hop song, they might not know the name. But I'm telling you, they know the lyric of that song. Bro, it's more foreigners that probably know more Tupac songs than we do. Exactly. So when and he says so when he says they're not playing in the club, he's he's talking one sided because he's talking about the clubs that he goes to and that um, black people go to. He's not talking about clubs in a whole because if he was talking about clubs in a whole, he knows better than to say that. And for him to say that they don't play them in the locker room, that's blasphemous because they do. That's blasphemous. So I don't care what you say. And Honestly, play. <laughs> he 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 got he got a little issue with the whole thing that he wasn't invited to the you know the Super Bowl. So you know what I'm saying? He he on his he on his uh, he crying right now. 
And which I can understand because he's from California. Everybody that was there was mostly from California, except for Fifty Ooh, Cent. Yeah, that yeah that was except a slap for Fifty Cent and uh, Eminem. So I can and, and Mary J. Blige. Damn, so it was only two two people from California there. Kendrick and um Dre. The rest was from Detroit, New York. So I can understand yeah. that. Definitely understand that. Yeah, that, that is definitely a <laughs> that's like a pimp slap to the face. Is they're not even West Coast. Nah. And you know what the crazy thing is, bro? What's that? I think if Nipsey was still alive, he would have been there before him. Oh, these are facts. And I bro, think look, YG was anything well. the the fact that he dropped uh his last album that he did, um, Victory Lap. Mm-hmm. He was for sure gonna be doing something, and I think that the album would have been even bigger had him had he been alive. I could say that about him because of the effects that I, just the things he would have done from the profits of that album. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like Nipsey was already big on the West Coast, but it feels like Victory Lap really put him on on the East Coast on a, just the mainstream level for real, and. The stuff he would have did from that, he would have been too big of an artist to ignore. And I, I really do believe he he would have definitely been a part of some of you know one of these Super Bowls. But for damn sure, he would have been a part of this Super Bowl for sure. Because for sure. you got Snoop up there, Snoop would have been like, "Y'all need to get nephew up there too." <laughs> oh, Snoop was there. Can we talk about this too, though, bro? What's up? Remember when when Atlanta had the Super Bowl and they have no Atlanta rappers. That's so crazy because you had you had the opportunity and Atlanta is like Atlanta is the is the gold mine of artists. Any kind of artist is it's in Atlanta. Rap, pop, R and B, rock music, it's in Atlanta. So for you to come to a city like Atlanta and you not have Migos, T I, Ludacris, Future, um, Future, Jeezy, Gucci. Jermaine Dupri, So So Def, for you to not have any of them there, it's kind of criminal. That is criminal. It's a huge slap in the face of them because when you have the Super Bowl in California, you have Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Kendrick. It's a slap in the face to Atlanta because, like, damn, why we wouldn't, why we can represent our city? I'll tell you because. It's, it feels like 60% of hip-hop is Atlanta sound. It, it is. I mean... It is. Everybody want to sound like Future. Everybody want to sound like the Gunner. Hell, there was a point in time where the Migos came in and anything on the radio outside of the Migos sounded like Migos. Exactly. And it's crazy because, you know, Jay Electronica said this, I think it was an Exhibit C. This was back when Northern nigga was called the Southern Rappers Lane, but still, but then still in our slang. That's that's what happens because they was doing that back then, but it wasn't so big because those rappers that was in the South wasn't as big as the Migos or Young Thug or Future. But now, since those three, because those are the three sounds that that you hear, and Playboy Cardi, I'm gonna throw Playboy Cardi in there too, because those are the four sounds that you hear throughout hip hop now, definitely yeah. with up and coming artists. Atlanta started a wave, and that is the wave of hip hop now. Now there is the more lyrical side of hip hop now. It's more of a balance now, because a few years ago there was no balance. It was strictly 
Atlanta sound. Now there's more of a balance. You have other rappers from New York, you know, Benny and Butch and and Zelda. So you have all of them and other rappers from up north, the Body James and all of them, all those and rappers from California too. So, but, but like I would say, what since 2016 until now, it was one sounded. Now let me ask you another question off topic, mm-hmm. still on topic with the culture segue, so to speak. Um, I saw something where they were saying. ASAP Rocky was tired of Travis Scott stealing his style. Mm-hmm. To me, that's how, I mean, and I, I'm a I'm an ASAP Rocky fan, but I was like, what? He was he was pretty much saying that Travis Scott was stealing his sound or stealing his style or whatever, and I was just like, bro, you get damn near eighty percent of who you are. Well, not who you are, but how your music is from Houston. Travis Scott is from Houston. Mm-hmm. What? What the? F- what? It's much the same thing. Like I just, we just, what I said, said about what your electronically said. You're right. The same thing, bro. Like we, ASAP Rocky and Travis Scott probably came around like around the same time. Only thing different was ASAP yeah. got on and became bigger before Travis Scott did. Facts. So. He could probably feel that way, but you have to realize that Travis Scott grew up in Houston. So all he heard was the DJ's crew, um, all those um, people in Houston, the Mike Jones, Paul Wall. And so he is from the city and the foundation of chopped and screwed, um, real, real deep bass, slow, slow melodic sound. That's, that's Houston. You're from New York. You're from the Jay Z's, the Nas, whereas the beat don't mean as much as what the lyric is. Mm-hmm. So for you to say that he stole your sound is outrageous because he didn't steal nothing from you. You stole from them. You're that not from insane. there. You are from New York, sir. Your sound came from them. He is from there. Right. Now, if Charles Scott was from Nebraska or somewhere, that would make sense. I understand that a little more. Now I'd, I'd actually like, mm, okay. But even then, like, their sound is so different. I, it's, it, well. No, it's it's, it's, it's different. It's they different. Both, but... They both do melodic sounding music, but the way Travis does his versus Aesop is different. Travis uses his voice as an instrument. Aesop right doesn't do that. Aesop is, is Aesop a, raps. Aesop is a phenomenal artist. But he cannot use his voice as an instrument the way Travis Scott can. When I say that, but when Travis Scott do that, mm, like it's kind of kid cuttyish. Oh shit! How he does that? Aesop doesn't do that. Now Aesop, like I said, phenomenal artist. He he uh, he doesn't have a bad body of work. He he's a great artist, and how he make his yeah. music is totally different. It's both their production and, is different too. Yeah, production is definitely different, and they both produce their own stuff too. But ASAP yeah. is more sangy melodic. It's not how Travis Scott does it. It's more sangy melodic. Like if you listen to a song like LSD, that's truly what when ASAP gets melodically, LSD is the prime example of what he does. Mm. 
Now, when you Travis Scott melodic is, let me think of a song. Mm, she has so many. I'm trying to think of one that's a good idea. Name them all of them. You could say. Yeah, all of them. I would say Astro Thunder. If you haven't, if you haven't heard Astro Thunder, which I'll probably have because it's on Astro World. It's my favorite song on Astro World, by the way. But Astro Thunder, that's what Travis Scott melodic is. And even the song he got with um called Mafia with J. Cole on it, that's that's Travis Scott. ASAP Rocky doesn't do that. And he can't do that. He can, but you know, it's just Travis Scott is different with that voice thing, man. Like people be thinking it's the beat and it's really his voice. Mm-hmm. Dude knows how to, you know, he's taking the the hums and the Kanye West. I, I like how Kanye put it. Kanye was pretty much saying that. If uh, him and Kid Cudi was to have a kid or something like that, you would get Travis Scott because yeah. Travis Scott, he got he got that humming down pat. He ain't Kid Cudi with it, but he know how to put a hum in there or a yell or ad lib, mm-hmm. and it is is damn near part of the song. And it's like you if you go get the instrumental. I feel like if anybody bought an instrumental or a beat from Travis Scott, they would probably still buy the beat if they heard him in the background saying, straight up. You feel me? Yeah. Like, I still believe they would do that. They would still purchase Because that's how a part of the damn beat his vocals are. This one, can I ask you a question? Talk to me. I've been listening to Frank Ocean uh, a lot the last two days. Love Frank Ocean, by the way. One of my favorite artists of all time. Very creative. I love him. I was thinking. I think Frank Ocean is like the melodic side of Andre 3000. But I feel like if Andre just was strictly that type of sound like he did on Love Below, if he kept doing that, I think he'll be Frank Ocean. Like that would be Frank Ocean. I would say it's a slight reach. Okay. I feel like I feel like it's the opposite okay i feel like frank ocean is definitely on the spectrum of under 3000 with the lyrics and content for sure but andre he doesn't even really make music he's more he's still like talking to you you know what i'm saying like right his lyrics and then what he says it it has a they're more loose terms than they are literal meanings so you could appreciate the art. And that's how Frank Ocean is, too. So that's why I could see the under 3000 part. Like, people thought for the long time, um, what's the name of that song? A tornado flew around my room. Excuse mm-hmm. the mess. Like, people didn't even realize, like, he was talking about his first time with his boyfriend yep. until, like, he came out about it. Mm-hmm. And the thing about it is the song is so beautiful. The art is so meaningful that it didn't matter if he was gay. You yep. feel me? I don't care if his first love was a cat. <clears throat> the way that he expressed and put that music out like that, that's really what music is. And I was like, that that shit is beautiful. You know, I even like my favorite song by him is Pink Matter. And uh, and it has and it has Andre on there. That's what made it. And it has that. Andre three thousand on mm-hmm. there. Ironically, damn, yeah. Ironically, yes, but Pink Matter is my Absolutely, and I will be in the shower singing my heart, like all lungs, bro, all lungs and chest <laughs> in the shower, killing it. And it's just like I can see the connection. I can, you know, 
Now I yeah. feel like if I feel like Andre could really put out a whole album if he wanted to, but the thing yeah. about him, he said in his own words, he's looking to make the music that Andre want to make, you know, and I like that, and it looks like he's happy, man. Shoot, it does, bro, and and I think that's that's what the love below was. I do think that him being with Outkast, um, the years before making that type of sound. Which he showed his rapping ability. He showed that he's a lyrical monster. That his pen oh, yeah. is one of the greatest pens of all time. Like it was at a point where Andre was still being called a top five lyricist and he hasn't made a song in years. Damn it. <laughs> so Damn when he Exactly. So Love Below was him truly showing that this is my sound and this what I would do if I was just Andre three thousand. You know it's ironic. What? I just introduced Bunny to the uh to the album. I did I just mentioned because she was like, cause we was watching Idlewild and she fell in love with the music all over again. And she's like, man, I, I I have forgot, you know, just how great they were. I was like, yeah. And I was like, I'm gonna tell you something. That entire soundtrack came from my album they put out like two or three years before the movie ever came mm-hmm. out. She was like, What's the name of that album? I was like, uh Speaker Box slash The Love Below. And she was like, man, we gotta check that out. Cause she fell in love with the song Bow Tie. So you know. Bow tie. Yeah. I think that might be an actual uh out soundtrack. It is. Like a lot of the love below music and and the speaker box is on the soundtrack for Idlewild. Yeah, and they dropped um, it. Cause the the MI Lab song was on um it's on love below. Love, love. She lives in my life. She anyways, look, look. That that whole app, like, man, she is hooked on bow tie. Um, and she she's like, damn, like they are some really good artists. Like, they don't make music like this no more. I was like, nah, they don't. Nah, they don't. There Even the a- interludes are different. Like, Big Boy had an interlude with his uh son Bamboo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And it was so cute. Like he had the, you know, he had his son Bamboo in a, in the uh in the studio. He was like, What you want to sing? And so he's like, I want to sing in the whole world. And so he let us sing in the whole world. Da, 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 da. I was like, that is so cute. And then Big Boy was like, What else you want to sing? He said, uh, some Michael Jackson. Big boy paused me, he said, Not on my damn album, you ain't singing no damn Michael Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> Like it was real, man. Like it made you feel like damn, like they people too. Like it was so cool. Yeah, man. Then, yeah. Yeah, Andre three thousand. He was praying to a woman. Or yeah. he was praying to God. He was like, God is a woman. And he, like, I just want me a sweet bitch. <laughs> I got to think, and I was like, I, I could hear where he's from when he was talking about it. Mm-hmm. She ain't like so. She ain't gotta have a fetal ass, you know. Just a little something to, to grab on back there, you know, proportional to her body. I was like, yeah, hey, hey, I hear you, dog. Bro, he's an, he's an incredible artist, bro. Like he's incredible. I seen him wrap his ass off and then get on a song with Kanye West called Thirty Hours, and just sing Thirty Hours repeatedly, and it's like, this is, it's great. Like he doesn't have to do too much, bro. To make something sound great, that's why he's and one of my favorite artists, like ever. And he's also another artist who uses his vocals as an instrument. Yes, one of the originators. The the, the originator. 
That's a song, a prime example where he doesn't do too much, but it just sounds so great. It sounds like he's amazing. literally saying, Every boy and girl want men to man. He says that repeatedly and he says it vibrate. And he has like one verse. One verse. One verse that's very impactful. And the beat is minimal. Like the instrumental that's behind it, the instrumental is just there. Like it, it's not even overpowering. Like his vocals is the damn beat. Hey, you know what, bro? I was thinking about we were going to start doing album suggestions for the week. I had one, but damn it, now I got two. Go listen <laughs> to The Love Below, or you can listen to both of them. But specifically, if you want to know what Under 3000 really is, go listen to The Love Below by Outcast. And the second album is Cleo Soul Mother. Phenomenal R&B album. I think it should have got some nominations at the Grammys last year. Shout out to my boy Fred. He put me on to it. But Cleo Soul Mother. Phenomenal R&B album. Hey, yo, oh. let me ask you something. Since we're mm-hmm. talking about you real quick, did you ever get a chance to listen to uh, Lucky Day, Candy Drip? Yeah. What you think about it? Um, I gotta give it a second listen. Uh, of her listen, I wasn't really in tune to it, but I did hear some stuff that I do like. Uh, I love the yeah. Over song. I know that's the, that's probably the most hyped song on there, but I love Over. Um, that 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 what got me on to Lucky Day when I heard that song because I, I was hearing the song and I was like, who is this guy? Who's singing the song? And I thought that it was him. So now we're going on to that, but I would definitely give it a second listen. The album cover is amazing, amazing album cover, bro. Oh, I like crazy, unnormal album covers. I love it, bro. When you do something that's un, that's not the norm. I love it. He came out the box of that one. I was like, this dude look like he got dipped in baby oil. So it's called Candy Drip. No homo. I get it. Trust me. I I, I get it all together. It's given. Uh huh. He on some uh, D'Angelo. Yeah, you took the words out of my mouth. I'm like, he he giving me some some baby oil D'Angelo vibes right now. Yeah. It's more like a. It's like D'Angelo and DMX, flesh of my flesh. Except he ain't dipped in blood, ooh, he dipped in baby oil. That's another. Oh, I didn't even think about that one. Yeah, mm, that's a good one, bro. What's your What's your album suggestion for the week? What you got? Album suggestion for the week. I mean, you kind of named that one already. Uh, what is something that's been on my mind for those who you know who want to be just a little on the, on the edge? I said go listen to Future's Wizard album mm. for those who haven't. Very stuck on. Very stuck on album. Because I don't care. he got hit after hit on there, like Call the Coroner. Ooh, my favorite song on that guy. My boy, boy. boy. I want to look like a kingpin, but I want to be glorious. Oh, man. Sometimes I feel like a man, look here. Then you got Rocket Ship. See, that's my favorite because he say something that, that stuck to me the most. I've been yeah. popping since my demo, bitch. What? Hey, what? <laughs> he let you know, like, off the rip, he that nigga, bro. Like, he, he said he's been popping since his demo. I don't know what his demo was, but I will tell you just a little historical fact for those who don't really follow Future like that or just haven't Talk been a Future fan for that long. Bro, um, you going? Yeah. Um, uh, uh, if y'all check his forearms, you will see that not only mm-hmm. was Outkast one of the original members of our uh, Dungeon family, but so was Future, and that's yes, where he sir. got his name from. Yes, sir. That's where he got his name from. So, um, saying this to say this, 
we should future being great. And I don't know if I've ever listened to his. I know I haven't listened to his Dungeon Family demo, but I will tell you this: for him to be a part of such a big movement back then and to develop himself as an artist now, mm-hmm. um, he he might he the wizard, bro. Fuck that, he the wizard. Future Hendrix, man. Definitely. Five Marshall Hendrix. He definitely. Five definitely Wizard is a very subtle album. Very subtle. It is. <clears throat> and I think because he just didn't, I feel like he didn't promote it. He just, because like one day it just, it just, it was, I'm like, damn, he dropped that. He put out, um, I think he put out a video for Rocket Ship and FNN, and then the album just came out. Yeah. And then he has so, he has so much music that is like unreleased anywhere else on his YouTube. Mm-hmm. But it's on his YouTube, like, bro. Bro, work ethic is insane. He, he'll tell you for the past, what do you say, for the past 12 years, he just, he record, he's in the studio every single day. Well, he got a song with Drake called Big Move. It's not even out yet. But the song's <laughs> so crazy, bro. You can't find it nowhere either, bro. I, I heard it on um uh, on a podcast, the Mallory, the Mallory Bros podcast. I heard it on there. It's like, yeah. damn, what is this? What song is this? Cause they know they know the song word for word, bro. I'm like, damn, is this is this out? Yeah, I can't. You can't find it nowhere, bro. But that song, you won't find it nowhere. But you to like, that's re- I mean, I ain't saying that's what really made me a future fan. But it's just like he, he's his. Excuse me, y'all. He's his <laughs> own artist, bro. Like, yeah. and he don't care how many people try to copy him. You cannot imitate future sound at all. You can't. You see what happened to Roddy Rich. Yo, come on, man. I, I just think he put he put on too much pressure and the timing was was definitely against him on that. He slept on himself, therefore people slept on him, if that makes sense. Yeah, he did, man, because he, he he had the world in his hand. He and he rode that wave too damn long. Let it slip through his damn hands. Now they call him a med artist, and that's a hard thing to, to come back from. That is a hard thing to come back from. Like, hard, like, bro, at this point, it's like when people have decided you're something, you have to change their mind, and that's damn near impossible. It is, bro, because everything, like, if they hear a snippet of it and it's trash, they're going to let them know, like, this ain't it. You feel, you don't fell off. Like, and, bro, and it's crazy. that has to drop anything. He's probably, and he's probably 23. Yeah, he young. He could have yeah, dropped bro. anything. Like, you know, like when he dropped late at night, he still had, he still had the word in his palm. He should have dropped the album then. That's the thing, though. When he dropped late at night, you're thinking, okay, the next album is going to be crazy. It's going to go. This song crazy. Not saying that um that the last album is god-awful, like people are saying it, because it's not. It's yeah. not what it's not what they wanted to be, but it ain't god awful. But it ain't what it ain't what we was expecting though. It's underwhelming. It, it, it ain't the it ain't that double whammy that you know. Please excuse me for being antisocial was, mm-hmm. and I and the thing about it was when you remove yourself from you know the world that long, people paint you in the box. You don't mm-hmm. you don't give yourself. You feel no me like people paint you in a box. No point intended. No point intended. No point intended, but you, you really do paint yourself into a box, bro. And it's like, because you made that sound and it changed the game for a little bit, 
we got to hear that on your next album. Your album got to sound like this. You feel me? It doesn't matter that you grew as an artist because exactly. you left for so long. We want you to sound like this when you come back. That's what we expect. Right. And because and then, that album didn't give that. Yeah. And how, and how the, the intro for the album sounds great. Yeah. I'm like, damn, this how we come? And then that you, you get to listen to the album. It's like, all right. All right. Damn. Okay. <laughs> and it just dies out. It really yeah. does. It's like it's a really big crescendo, man. Like it's like it come in hard. You're like, oh shit, this album hard, cuz. Mm-hmm. And then it just it just slowly decreases, man. It's a really big decrease. I mean, it's a really big crescendo. But what I will say about it is that it made me go look at his past music, like Feed the Streets too. Mm-hmm. I like it. I really yeah. do. I understand, I understand why he's the the artist that he is, and you can you can tell that he shifted gears for please excuse me for being antisocial. Yep. Like he definitely switched gears. He was still Roddy Rich in Feed the Streets. He just, you know what I'm saying? <clears throat> he picked up on Wizard. I'm, I'm not saying he picked up Wizard for real, but he picked up on something and it worked. And that's what he should have continued. I feel like timing was everything. And he's now learning that painful lesson because it's not a bad album, but you also, it, it's just not a bad album. It's, it's coming up to the album that's, that's, that's great. Yeah. So, it's like, and that's a hard thing to do though, bro, because a lot of, a lot of the greats did it, but they make it look easy, you know, but it's, that's a hard thing to do. So when your first album is so great, like, look at the Nas. Nas' first album is Illmatic. And he's but sick he, of... <laughs> he's so sick of... He don't even perform Illmatic no more. Yeah, but he followed it up with another good album. You know? Jay-Z did the same thing. His first album, Reasonable Doubt. He followed it up with Volume 1. Yeah. You know, Kendrick's album, first album wasn't great. Same thing with Drake. But guess what followed after that? Good Kid, Matt City. Take Care. Take Care. Same thing with J. Cole. <laughs> Um, I forgot what it's called. Warm up, workout, whatever it is. The warm up. The warm up. Followed up with Cold cool, World. Cool album. Guess what came after that? 2014 Forest Hill Drive. No, no, no. Born Center. Born Center. Born Center came after that. You see what I'm saying? And after that, guess what they kept doing? Another one. Another one. Another one. You get you get 2014 Forest Hill Drive. Supreme Butterfly. Hey. Drake, nothing was the same. You see what I'm saying? Like that. It's a hard thing to do. But to be a top artist in this game and not just Bro. die away, you got to do that. Bro. Mm-hmm. How old is Kendrick's oldest child? Ooh, uh, she's probably three or four. Three or four? Probably three. I thought, I thought it was like four or five. Might be four. I mean, the way she was talking on the album, she sounds um, very, very intelligent for her age. Uh, I do no. not say that. The reason I ask you this is because I was thinking about the the whole timing of the album and everything. I was like, damn, his kids are about, you know, four or five. And it's been about four or five years since we got the album. I understand. Well, his son, Enoch, because I don't know his daughter's name. I do know his son's name is Enoch. Enoch doesn't talk. He doesn't say anything. And he's also being breastfed. So he's young. He's young, but the thing about what I'm saying is like 
Kendrick took time to go live life as an, you know, just, just like be a person and yeah, yeah, sure. remain intact with, you know, who he is as an artist and who he is as a person. Yeah. Because like I said, this album is so personal. So I, I won't say different. It's so authentic. And it's it shows very, him being vulnerable. Yeah, very vulnerable. I, this, this is probably the most vulnerable he's been. And the reason I say that is like he did the album, went back, lived his life, came back and gave more life, you know, more life skill or experience. Mm-hmm. And that's what he wrote and talked about. I like that. Yeah, because this is a motherfucker. I was, yeah, I, I like that versus, you know, mass producing albums all the time just to fill up a space and there's no real content. Mm-hmm. But what was you going to say? I was going to say, because this album is basically just him talking about um, his life and the things he dealt with the past five years. Like, yeah. if you, I didn't know that um, when Kodak Black said, um, Act, um, act hard totally. That's that's his that's Kendrick's therapist's name, and that's the dude you hear on the second album. Mm. Like you hear you hear his therapist's voice, like that's his actual therapist. So he's taking you through what he's been through the past five years on that album. You know what I'm saying? The the dealing the dealing with being seen as the best rapper, been dealing with being seen as somebody that's. That's your savior, but he's not your savior. And what he said, him dealing with past trauma, things that happened to him during his childhood, you know what I'm saying? Him becoming a father. And when you listen to the last song, where he says, I choose me, I'm sorry, it kind of sounded like he said, I'm, he might be done. Yeah. It sounds like he might be done, bro. <clears throat> like, that's the last album. Mm-hmm. Like we know it's the last CD album, but it sounds like that's that's it. Like he'll, he'll probably feature on Baby King stuff because you know that's his cousin, and he's and he's pushing him more. You know what I'm saying? So he'll probably be on some of this stuff, but that might be the last you know project we get from Kendrick, bro. Ain't that crazy? Yeah. But the thing about it is that album is gonna age so well. He probably won't have to. But another thing, so I, I really believe this dude has so much more music. Oh yeah, he does. I, feel I like he, he, believe can, that. he can probably put out another um, untitled on master. Yeah, I feel like he can put out another two or three of those, and he may do something to where he'll drop them posthumously. Hmm. I feel like that's what happened. Like. He probably got a bunch of because I like Untitled. Untitled was just you know just the raw version of him with TDE with you know, uh, Ab Soul, uh, Schoolboy, all of them like mm-hmm. that. They were just you know doing freestyles, and I, I really loved the chemistry on that album. That was a very cool thing, and I feel like he probably got some stuff like that with Baby King, and still some you know TDE artists and mm-hmm. him or just freestyles. Period. I'd love to hear that. I really would. And I feel like he got that locked away. One second. <clears throat> Ooh, excuse me. Bless you. season ain't over yet. And they and just let me know. Um, But yeah, I feel like Kendrick is probably, you know, he put that away to drop in case, you know, he, he has an early demise or so. And he can, that's a way to feed his family. Drop that album posthumously. Mm-hmm. 
Because what's going to be bigger than his death? His music. Yep. That'll be, that would be crazy. It would, man. It would. But uh, we are getting to that time. Um, you know, we're about an hour in, probably a little longer than that. I ain't really looking at the timer. So the <laughs> thing is right here, uh, what you want to leave the people with for the week? I do want to leave people with this because we didn't, we didn't touch on it um, touch on it much, but um, we do want to send our condolences and um, out to those family members that lost their children and the teachers and the families that lost their lives in the Texas shooting. I do want to say that. And so um, for the week, you know what I'm saying, just go out, have fun, and experience, and experience something new this week. Um, if you don't read much, you know, just find you some read. You ain't got to be nothing crazy. Just find something that you like, you know? Um, we just gave you album suggestions, so if you want to listen to those, listen to those. If you're in the movies, look at a movie that you never thought you would look at, because that's what I've been doing, watching stuff I never thought I'd watch, and I ended up liking it, so, because I watched Inception, and that's probably my favorite movie ever, so. Watch Spartacus. Do something new. I'm going to check that out, but do something, definitely do something new this week that you haven't done before. Go NASCAR. Go, go, go <laughs> get some NASCAR tickets. Monster Jam. Straight up. Go canoeing. For real. If you can't swim, learn to swim. Anyways, what I want to leave the folks with, real, you you, you kind of, you don't trigger something out. Like, definitely go do something new, bro. Like, go experience something, man. Like, if you, if you shy, like, get on TikTok and make you some TikToks about stuff that you like. Like, if you shy and you love Star Wars or Harry Potter or something like that, like, man, bro, I'm with go you. Act it I, out. Love, I love that too. It's like, cool to you be know, a nerd, man. It is. It's cool to be a nerd and it's cool to be a geek. It's it's cool to be all these things. Like it's a niche for everything. Like I like TikTok a lot. Follow me on TikTok. Um Red Cup Izzy. Uh yeah, follow me on TikTok. But it's just like it give it, it gives you a platform to really just be you and people love watching you do stuff that you like to do because they like to do it. Nice. And you never know who you may empower just from doing a 30 second video. Mm-hmm. That was funny. You never know, like, like, damn. You know what? I like that too. I'm gonna do it. You, you, you never know, and it's very freeing, man, because you get to act out, be a character, whatever, bro. Like, it's not fake, and I think that's why I really, it's fake, but it's not fake. Let me say that. Like, you're you're being your authentic self. You know, if you're into anime, real heavy, you can cosplay all damn day people going to love you for it because mm-hmm. they want to see it. if you bring in the energy, they're going to see it. Like actually two feet in Goku coming, how high on the camera? People yeah. going to love it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like anyways, but like go do something different. You know what I'm saying? Like if you can't swim, don't limit yourself, go learn how to swim. You know what I'm saying? If you overweight, don't limit yourself, man, work that off. You know, if you got 14 haters right now, by the end of the summer, you can find a way to have 28. Fuck them. Cause you know what? If you ain't got haters, you ain't living right. For sure. Hey, man. Yeah. I mean, cut you off, but if, if there's any way that you guys can figure out how I can watch the movie Interstellar, please let me know. Because um, I, I want to watch this movie. I mean, bro, you got all the movie apps, I think. I need Hulu, to see it. Netflix. And if not, just jailbreak your fire stick, bro. No, I I I I'll buy this movie. I ain't even gonna lie to y'all, bro. I really will because I'm trying to watch it. 
I've heard. Or better yet, go to Prime things. Movies, bro. It's on yeah. Prime Movies. Yeah, because I heard great things about it, and I seen the Inception. And I'm a I'm a huge Christopher Nolan fan. Like I love all his movies, except for Tenet. I don't want to say I love it or hate it, but I don't Tenet get it. Was different. You gotta watch that more than one time. But I've seen it like ten times. I don't I don't understand it. <laughs> I don't understand it. But yeah, I, I like Tenet. I ain't gonna I ain't gonna run it for nobody who ain't seen it. Y'all go watch Tenet. But you definitely gotta watch it more than one time. For me, I definitely have to because it's like you you see so much in one in one. You got to look at it from like an open perspective, mm-hmm. a very omnious perspective, so to speak. But um, yeah, so definitely leave y'all with that. Um, watch Spartacus. If y'all haven't watched Spartacus before, I, I feel like y'all will love that. You feel me? Um, peace, love, and happiness. If it does not bring you peace, love, growth, and joy and positivity, it does not belong in your life. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Uh, pray and meditate. Sip tea if you need to. Keep your house smelling good. It'll make you feel better about your home. It'll make you feel better while you're in your home. I thought I'd throw that out there. Um, other than that, y'all have a lovely weekend. I mean, a lovely week. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little blessed. Y'all got to forgive me. But it's about time for me to go to sleep. So that's what that is. But y'all have a lovely, lovely week. And I pray we we all are, we are all here again to do this again. For sure. With that being said, stay dangerous. Peace.